You don't have to get on a plane and fly halfway around the world to visit Africa. Uh, you just come to Glad Tidings Church and you get a little piece of Africa every weekend. Amen? Man, I'm just so glad to be part of what God is doing. Uh, it's so much, it's so much um, more enjoyable to, to find out what God is doing and then join Him than to ask Him to join us. We feel like this last year, God has, uh, he, he has blessed us, and it's because we have blessed Him. We have discovered what He is all about for this church, and we're just saying, Lord, we're all in. We're all in. I just, again, thank choir band for, uh, um, for Friday night and all of our technicians, everybody that made it happen. Uh, thanks to Morgan's leadership. Um, we just thank God for all of you. And we're just getting started. I want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, what God has been doing and what God is, I believe, going to be doing in this next year. So we're going to look back and we're going to look forward this morning. And this is kind of a vision message uh, for this next year. Uh, I could preach a uh, nice Christmas little homily this morning, but um, I just we're going to we're going to go there. But I think God wants to go so much bigger than that. Um, Let's talk about what's happening in just a few weeks. Uh, we are having our grand opening celebration on Wednesday night, January the 6th. Wednesday night, January 6th. This is an all-church event. Everybody is coming together. We're all going to be in this auditorium. Adults, youth, children, we're all coming together that Wednesday night. First prayer meeting of the year. We're going to start in this room. We're going to do a little celebrating. We're going to acknowledge people who, who had a, a lot to do with We Believe. Then we're going to move into the new kids auditorium. Standing room only. And for about 20 minutes in there, we are going to pray. We're going to dedicate that space for the glory of God. Uh, and then we're going to go on tour of the new building. Really cool stuff. And then we're going to eat because we always have to do that when we celebrate around here. We're going to eat, okay? Uh, so mark your calendars for January the 6th, our grand opening celebration. And then on Sunday, January 10th, will be our first Sunday in the new space. So you're going to be dropping your kids off and all that new space. Our junior high ministry is going to be down in the fellowship hall because we're kicking the kids out into the new auditorium. It's going to be a great start to our new year. Really, really excited about that. Now, when we move into the new space, what will happen is the adults, of course, and youth will then move into the, the old space that the kids used to occupy. And uh, really, really excited about that. We're going to have some great things happening there. And we're going to remodel existing space as we have the funds available. Uh, the We Believe vision or the We Believe campaign was to uh, maximize the space at our current location. And we're doing that by adding on. And we're also going to move into existing parts of our building and remodel them as needed and remodel them as we have the funds available. Uh, because we, we want to get the biggest bang for the buck, as my uh, dad used to say, out of this facility. And then at this location. And who knows? The sky's the limits. What God wants to do beyond these four walls. But as we move into the old space, um, we're looking forward to having some adult classrooms that we've never had before where we can offer discipleship and ministry training. Uh, how many of you know everyone is a minister, 
right? Everyone's a minister. Everyone needs to be trained, find their gifting. We have space to do more training, more discipleship. We'll have music training rooms for the next generation of musicians and worship leaders. We'll have language interpretation space. Currently, we're interpreting in French and Chinese and soon to have Spanish. We're going to have space for that. Um, We're going to turn the West Fellowship Hall into the student auditorium. Uh, we're, we're excited about moving them down there beginning of the year and it, they will move in and it will be as is, but as God blesses us, as funds are available, we're going to turn that into a student auditorium. That would be really cool. Uh, we're going to remodel our, our lower level restrooms, uh, the Brady Bunch restrooms. We're going to, we're going to remodel those. Uh, we're going to create some, a ministry team lounge. This is really cool. We have over 700 volunteers or ministers that serve here at Glad Tidings. We're going to create a special space for them where they can go in between services, get a bite to eat, be refreshed, a place they can store their valuables between services. Uh, we just believe in treating our volunteers here, uh, Top class. So we're going to create a ministry team lounge. We're excited about all of those things coming up. And I want to say this. Thank you. Thank you so much for hearing God and obeying God in your giving. Hearing God and obeying God in your giving. This, this we believe vision. Please understand me. This we believe vision is not about a building. It's not about a building. It's about what God wants to do through his people. It's about God building his kingdom, his rule and his reign in Omaha, Nebraska. We build buildings to build people who will build the kingdom of God. And many of you have sacrificially given over the last 28 months. We have three weeks left. We have $62,000 yet to raise to reach our $3 million goal. How many believe we can do that over the next three weeks? We know that with God, nothing is impossible. And and for that to happen, we have to more than double what we normally would bring in each weekend for specifically we believe. And so we encourage you to just continue to stretch, continue to reach to that finish tape, that finish line. And some of you may want to give a a sacrificial year end gift. And uh, keep in mind, it's tax deductible. Well, that's not why we give, right? But how many of you know that's a good steward right there? That's being a good steward of God's resources. Uh, So consider that. We have until December 31st to to receive those We Believe gifts. And and some of you, man, uh, okay, I'm all in. Let's let's go for this last push. Some of you maybe have been waiting and just seeing where this thing ends up. I had one person ask, actually a couple people asking, Pastor, what what happens if we go over $3 million? Uh, That's one of the best problems I've ever had. If we go over $3 million, I just shared with you vision of what we're going to do in the existing space, how we're going to remodel and repurpose and refresh that as we have funds. So if we have excess, we believe giving, that's a good thing. We're going to apply it right to those things that we talked to. I just mentioned to you. Um, Keep in mind that uh, that although December 31st, the end of the campaign, the campaign's over December 31st. And you are officially released from your We Believe commitment at that point. But keep in mind, the Holy Spirit may not be releasing you. 
I'm not saying that. I'm saying the Holy Spirit may be saying that to you. He may say, keep giving towards we believe. And if gifts come in, and they will, I know they will. They, they've done before in campaigns in years gone by. If gifts continue to come in marked we believe, we will designate them towards the purpose of, of remodeling existing space for the glory of God. We'd love for that to happen. So thank you so much for going the extra, extra mile in your giving. Uh, let's talk about next year. What about 2016? Okay. What's now? What's next? We get through the We Believe 28 month. What are we doing now? Well, when I, when I think about Omaha and the surrounding area, in, in the five county area that we live in, over 900,000 people live. 900,000 people. And we believe that as long as there is a need for repentance in our city, it's God's will for God's church to grow. I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I want to hear a great big amen. As long as there is a need for repentance in this city, it's God's will for God's church, glad tidings to grow. How many of you believe that? Say amen. It's God's will, because it's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God desires for his kingdom to come to this earth in 2016. God desires that his, his rule and his reign, right, what's true about heaven becomes true about earth, on earth in this next year. And it begins in the hearts of those 900,000 people. It begins with people saying, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. Jesus rules and reigns in my heart. That's where it begins. So we have this huge mammoth task in front of us. Uh, maybe I should call it an opportunity. And what's exciting about this is we're not the only church that really believes this. There are dozens of churches in the city that are talking, that are praying, that are strategic planning together. How can we reach those 900,000 people? How many of you know Glad Tidings Church cannot do it alone? Last time I checked, we can't fit that many people in this room on this campus. <laughs> but all these churches coming together with the same common goal of reaching this city, we can do this over the next 10 years. We can, we can reach these people. We can do it with God's help. We believe that's God's plan. So for that to happen, we have to have a vision. Pastor Jason talked, we have to have a vision from God. The Bible says that without vision... The people perish. Uh, another good translation, even a better translation is uh, without revelation, people cast off restraint without revelation from God. See, when the Bible talks about vision. It's not talking about some great idea that some pastor has or some great idea that you come up with while you're daydreaming one day. Vision is revelation from God. When God gives people vision in scripture, it's it's divine revelation. It's something from God. God allows them to see into the future what he sees. It's called vision. It's called revelation in our context. So we have to have a revelation from God about what does he see about our future? How many of you believe that God has a vision for your future? He has a revelation for your life, for your place in the kingdom as well. You don't want to know what I think would be a good thing for glad tidings. You want to know what God has to say. We lean into God here at glad tidings. We lean and we say, God, what are you speaking to your church? 
We don't want to do what, what we think is best. We don't want to read a good book about church growth and go, well, that's a good idea. Let's try that. Oh, no, this book's a little. Let's try that. No, let's get a vision. Let's get a revelation from God, because without it, we will perish. So what is the re- revelation or the vision that God has for this house in this next year? Three things I want to focus on quickly this morning, and then we're going to jump to Luke chapter one. Three things God is talking to us about, and it's a vision, number one, a vision for prayer this next year. You may say, well, pastor, don't we pray around here? Yeah, we do pray around here. <laughs> but, but God wants to raise the water level of prayer here at Glad Tidings. We believe that prayer needs to lead the way. We believe that what God can do, prayer can do, because prayer is the it, it, prayer moves the hand that moves the world. We need less organizing and we need more agonizing. We need more people praying for repentance and revival in our city. And we need to make room for this. We need to make room for prayer. We need to make room in our schedules, room in our priorities. We need room in this building for prayer. So this next year, what we are doing to make prayer even more a priority, we are moving our Wednesday night prayer service from the fellowship hall downstairs up into this main auditorium. Well, pastor, it's going to look like kind of an empty room to begin with. That's right. It might look that way to begin with, but it won't end that way. I'll guarantee it because God's called this house to be a house of prayer. So the 200 that meet on Wednesday nights for our prayer meeting, moving upstairs, this place seats 700. I believe God wants to fill this house with prayer warriors on Wednesday nights. Now, I'm not about filling buildings. I'm about filling buildings with God's presence. Not just God's people. And I, and I believe that the Wednesday night prayer meeting, God has earmarked this church. He has earmarked that meeting for this city. And I believe that that Wednesday night prayer meeting is going to be a refuge in this city. It's going to become the meeting that people hear about. It's going to become the meeting that say, you know what? You need healing or you need to be refreshed or you need a miracle. You need to get to Wednesday night prayer meeting at Glad Tidings 630. Don't be late. You say, well, that's kind of wishful thinking. No, I believe that is God's dream for this church. A couple weeks ago, we had a pastor come to our Wednesday night prayer meeting from another church, brought his sick daughter. I asked everybody in the church that night, I said, why do you come to the Wednesday night prayer meeting? And I asked people to raise their hand and some came forward and shared just quick words. And this gal came up and she stood at the mic and she said, I came to get healed. I came for healing. I'm telling you, there, there is a, a reputation that God is wanting to establish in his church. And it's not a new one. It's an old one. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. We need to make room for prayer. So we're moving the prayer meeting up. We're, we're going to push into that. God, may your dream come true. Okay, I'll hold back for now. I'll give you a little more on that in a little bit. I'm so excited about what God has planned there. What's going to happen? I, I want to make it personal, okay? This, this idea of making prayer a priority this next year. Um, let me bring it down into your everyday life. This is what we're asking you to do in terms of making prayer a priority. We're asking you to establish some, some habits, some patterns. We're going to challenge you to establish some patterns, some habits in the month of January. And we're going to ask you to do some things that we believe are sustainable for the whole year long. Okay? 
How many of you know, come January 1, the parking lot at YMCA will be full? Okay. How many of you know when you hit February 1, it's not as full? Right? You know what I'm talking about. Okay, we're talking about sustainable habits, not just, hey, let's pray in January. How about we develop some things in January that we can do every day, every week, all year long? So what we're asking you to do is to attend at least one prayer meeting a week, one prayer meeting a week during the month of January. Get in the habit of corporate prayer. And we're going to talk about why that is very, very important for repentance and revival in the days to come. One prayer meeting public prayer meeting every week, month of January. Wednesday night's the perfect night. Why? Because we have youth ministry. We have children's ministry. We are discipling kids that night. That's a great night for everybody to come together and pray. We have prayer meetings every day though, 6 a.m., noon, and 6.30 p.m. every day of the week. So pick a prayer meeting, go to a prayer meeting. That's the first challenge. Second challenge is is to, to read your Bible every day. Read your Bible every day, and we've got, of course, we've got Bible reading plans available. They're in your bulletin. You can see all that. You can go online for all those. We're going to do that. We have a journal. We're going to encourage you to read every day called the Live Dead Joy uh, Devotional. Live Dead Joy. How do you like that? Live Dead Joy. How do you put those words together? And in that, there's also a Bible reading plan if you want to follow that. So we're going to just put some things out there and say, hey, let's establish some habits, right? Because habits really um, form who we are as believers. It's not experiences or events per se, but it's those ongoing habits that really bring the ongoing life change to our lives. So we're going to challenge you in that regard. Um, Some of you are scratching your head going, well, if the prayer meeting moves up here on Wednesdays, where does Emanate Student Ministries go? Ah, Glad you asked. They're moving down into the fellowship hall, which we're going to start calling the student auditorium. And again, we're going to, to repurpose and remodel that as funds are available. And they're excited about that too. Aren't you emanate? They're pumped about that. Uh, room to grow there too. It's a 300 seat auditorium and uh, they're going to create it into a space that's really cool for them. All right. So Let's talk about now a vision for outreach. We've talked about vision for prayer, vision for outreach this next year. We know that God has uniquely positioned us to reach what? The nations, the neighbors, and the normals. That's what we call them. The nations. Uh, We know how God has uniquely established us as an international church in a city that is growing more and more international. Well, there's over a hundred different nations at UNO. UNO is just around the corner, not too far from us. We have not developed a strategic plan to reach the nations, those students at UNO who go all over the world after coming to UNO. God is going to give us a strategic plan to reach UNO. God is going to give us, and he already has, and we're fleshing out a vision to reach the nations that live in the neighborhoods just around us. We have over 800 apartment units within two blocks of Glad Tidings Church. Many of them came from uh, Cedarwood Apartments Friday night. They got a free gift. It was awesome. So God has given us a vision to reach the normals. Those people that we come in contact every day, we're going to continue to equip you to do the work of ministry. We're going to continue to put tools in your hand and teach you how to do evangelism, how to do prayer walking, how to how to operate in the supernatural when you're winning lost people. How many of you know Jesus won a lot of lost people by healing them? I mean, a lot of supernatural evangelism and spiritual gifts and supernatural go hand in hand. It's not just talking about Jesus. It's demonstrating Jesus. 
Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. We want people to have a good picture of the father. We want to be a demonstration of the spirit's power in our witness. Let's talk about um, a vision for our services. We're just giving you pieces here and God's because he's given us pieces. Sometimes he doesn't give us the complete package, the complete plan. He just says, I want to do this. I'll show you how later. But right now, this is what I want to do. A vision for prayer, a vision for outreach, and a vision for our services. Our services are about 80% capacity, as is. And uh, we've learned through experience and statistics that when buildings in America are at 80% capacity, this isn't true of India, by the way, of America, when they're 80% capacity, people feel like the building is full. If the parking lots are 80% capacity, people go, man, this place is full. I can't find a parking spot. I can't find a seat. And they turn away and they leave. We believe that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. We can't have people leaving because they can't find a seat or they can't find a parking spot. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Three years ago, we made plans to start a third service. And God hit the pause button. We had no peace. We had no green light from God. How many of you know that when God speaks and when God answers our prayer, he answers either yes, no, or not yet. (laughs) And when we prayed about those three services three years ago, not yet is the reply. It wasn't a no, it wasn't a, it was a not yet. Well, now God has given us the yes. And on March 27, Easter Sunday, we will launch our third service here at Glad Tidings. And we thank God for that. This is great news because we all get to serve more. Let me back up. I lost a few of you. This is great news because we get to reach more. We get to reach more people. We could, have, we could reach another 800 people on Sunday mornings in our Sunday morning services by adding a third service. I believe that would glorify God if we could reach and disciple more people. And we know for that to happen... We have to have a, what I'm calling a, a volunteer revolution. We have to add over 200 more volunteers or ministers to our team to add a third service. That is a great thing. That's a great problem to have. I love that. That means many of you who are not currently serving, you're going to have an opportunity to serve. You're going to have an opportunity to serve. Think about this for a moment. We're blessed by our musicians, right? We, we just feel the spirit of God and there's freedom when we worship together. Um, that that's so much the Bible. That's so much King David. Remember King David before he was king. He was a shepherd boy who played the harp. Now, I don't know how that works, but uh, I guess there must be a lot of downtime when you're shepherding and uh, you can practice your instrument. But the Bible says that he played skillfully. He played skillfully. The Bible says that the spirit of God was also upon him. So he was anointed and he played skillfully. And when he was in the presence of Saul, right, who was what? Tormented by an evil spirit. The Bible says when he played skillfully, when he was under that anointing, that tormenting spirit left Saul. So for some of you, God wants to resurrect that old gift. It reminds me of uh, Timothy, where Paul told Timothy, Timothy, you need to stir up the gift of God that was that is in you. Some of you have a skill in the area of, of music and you have an anointing in that area. And, and you may say, well, pastor, I can't lay hands on the sick. I don't know how to pray for the sick. I don't know how to help people with with laying hands on sick. Then lay hands on your instrument. Right. 
And allow God use that instrument to set people free. Just like God used King David. Some of you are going to step up. You'll have opportunities to do that. We'll have three auditoriums, worship bands and all of those places. Plenty of opportunities to get involved. Not just music ministry, but kids ministry. All of that. We're excited about that. By the way, if you're visiting with us this morning, um, you can always move to Glad Tidings or move to Omaha and join Glad Tidings Church if you're visiting from out of town. You're like, this message doesn't have anything to do with me. I said, well, make it have something to do with you. Move to Omaha. <laughs> We're glad you're visiting with us. We're glad. I'm going to get to the word here in just a moment. I'm excited to share what I believe God is speaking to us this morning. But um, you might be asking, well, what time will those three services be? And uh, my response to you is, at just the right times. At just the right times. Uh, we're sorting through all of that, and, and uh, we're going to make some decisions here in the next month and uh, start pushing towards that. I'll guarantee you this. Some of you are going to get up earlier, and some of you are going to stay a little later. Uh, and that's just what it takes to do three services. Uh, but I'm all in, and I'm all about the kingdom, and we're going to do this thing together. And we're excited about launching that here coming shortly. How many of you excited about reaching more people for Jesus? Yeah. Amen. So the question that I have in my mind is, how is all this going to happen? You know, how, how are we going to bring the kingdom of heaven down to the earth? How's all this going to happen? Here's how it's going to happen. We have to believe in miracles. We have to believe in miracles. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We have to believe in miracles. And we have to be the womb, if you will. We have to be the womb where God can conceive and give birth to miracles, just like Mary. Let's take a look at this. We'll start in verse number 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the holy one to be born will be called the son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Wednesday night I was praying and I was studying uh, actually Wednesday during the day praying and studying and and the Lord just quickened to my heart this word and he spoke to me as clear as clear can be and he said glad tidings has found favor with God glad tidings has found favor with God 
I said, God, what does that mean? And I was directed to this passage and I started to look at this even more closely. And I want to look at it closely with you this morning. Let's unpack what does this mean to find favor with God? Mary, it says, found she was highly favored and she found favor with God. What does it mean to have favor with God? Well, the angel very, very uh, specifically in the text says this. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. What does it mean to be favored? It means the Lord is with you. That's good news. The Lord with you makes all the difference in the world. If the Lord is with you, then the angel, nothing is impossible then. Nothing is impossible if, if the Lord is with you. You know, there's periods of time in, in Saul's life, uh, Old Testament, where, where at the beginning of his journey as being king, the Bible says the Spirit of God came upon him. But there was one point where the scripture says the spirit left him. The spirit left him. And what he used to do, he could no longer do because God was no longer with him. Is it possible for a church to, to do their own thing, to, 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 snow, to, to turn up their nose at God and say, God, we've got it covered. We've done this. We know we can do this. God, we don't need your help at this time, Right. How many of you know it's possible, right, that you can have God living in you, but you're not cooperating. You're not working with God. You don't have the favor of God on your life. How many of you know there are people who just seem to walk in God's favor and you go, how is that? How do they have the favor of God? Why is it that these powerful things are happening in their lives? What makes the difference? God is with them. God is with them. And if God is for us, the Bible says, then who can be against us? That's good news. Glad tidings is is highly favored. Because God is with us. But not only does highly favored mean that God is with us. It also means that God is through us. It means that God is through us. God wants to do something through you and through me. The angel said you will be with child. You will give birth to a son. Not just God is with us. God is through us. God wants to do some supernatural things through his church. Glad tidings is highly favored because God has found a church that is willing to conceive and give birth to miracles. Let me tell you. That is not the case for every church. I'm not here to put one church down and another church up. I'm here to exalt Jesus here in this place. But I'm here to tell you that God is looking for a church that will do what Mary did. God's looking for a church that will say, may it be to me as you have said. God, may you do miracles through this place. You know, there's a lot of great teaching out there, isn't there? You can go online, you can go to, you can visit any, almost any church nowadays and you can listen to what happened on Sunday morning. You can get some great teaching. There's great teaching out there. There's, the problem is not great teaching. The problem is great power. What set Jesus apart from all the other teachers was that he, he, he didn't teach like the other teachers. He didn't teach like the other rabbis, the Bible said. He taught as one with authority. 
So you can have truth. Great truth. And we love truth. But Jesus, the Bible, he was full of this truth. He was full of power as well. There was a demonstration. And I just I just know in my heart, I know from reading scripture and I know from looking at the first church, the book of Acts, that was a church that not only proclaimed truth, not only were there great teachers, but there was power. God's looking for a church that will say, will you conceive and give birth to miracles? This is necessary. In this day and age, it's necessary. It's necessary for us to reach lost people. Talk is cheap. My dad used to always say, talk is cheap. (laughs) Right? Show me the money. Show me the power. I believe God is saying, you know what? I have found a church. I have found a church that believes in the supernatural, that believes in miracles, that believes in signs and wonders, that believes in the gifts of the spirit and the power that I found a church. I found in Mary. God has great things for us. God has great things. He's looking for somebody who believes in miracles. You believe in miracles? Why was Mary so highly favored? Is there something special about Mary? Uh, well, she, we know that she was a Jewish teenager, 12 to 13 years old, probably. Uh, that was the typical age uh, that uh, a young lady would become betrothed. First, there was an engagement that was private among the family. Then there was this betrothal, which was, which was a public announcement. Uh, this betrothal in, in these days, it was it was legally binding. It was uh, uh, it was it was as if you were married, but you didn't live together as you were married. There was no sex. There was nothing. There was no coming together. But there was this commitment. In fact, to break a betrothal, you actually had to get a divorce. This is how binding this was. And she was she was bound to Joseph in this way. And it was just a matter of time before the wedding day and they would consummate the marriage. This was Mary. What was special about her? She was this young 12, 13 year old girl. She was a virgin. We know she was poor because after Jesus was born and they dedicated Jesus at the temple, all they had was a couple birds and a few, you know, the pigeons. And it was the, 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 the sacrifice required of those who were poor. They didn't have the, the cow to bring. Cows cost a lot. Four bucks a pound these days, you know, or better. And that's for the cheap stuff. So back in that day, we know that she was poor. Was she she holy or something? No, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that she was sinful just like you and I. The Catholic Church quotes from the Latin Vulgate. uh, and And they quote this and hail Mary, full of grace. Hail Mary, full of grace. But we know this, she was not full of grace, she was full of sin, just like you and I. And she was in need of grace, she was in need of a savior, just like you and I. In fact, Mary admitted it herself in her, in her uh, song of praise after the angel left. She started praising God, her savior. She herself needed a savior. So what was special about Mary is not that she was sinless. It's not that she just had some special thing about her. What made Mary highly favored, we'll find in verse number 45. And I want to jump down to verse 45. Elizabeth, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, 
Mary walked into the room and, and, Mary, and then Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to Mary in a loud voice, she said this, blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Mary was highly favored because Mary believed that what God said God would do. Mary was favored by God because she believed God. How many of you know all of us are capable of receiving God's favor if we would all simply believe what God has to say? Wherever you find the favor of God, you find the faith of God's people. Favor and faith are like two inseparable twins. Where you find the one, you find the other. Can I tell you that we believe has experienced God's favor because we believed what God said was true. God said, I want you to prepare. I want you to equip for a season of influence. God gave us the next step of preparing and equipping. And that was to maximize space at our current campus to build on. It was very clear God was leading in this way to prepare and equip for a season of influence. We said, yes, Lord. We said, may it be to us as you have said. And because of that, the favor of God rests upon us. And we're able to do things that we would not be able to do otherwise. Although the We Believe Building campaign is coming to an end, the We Believe Faith journey will never end. It will never end because we will, we will be forever leaning in and saying, God, what are you saying? How are you leading us, God? Can I tell you, this is not my church. Have I told you that before? It's not my church. This isn't your church. It's God's church. We need to hear from God. God, what are you saying? And I believe that you so much want your pastor, your leadership team, yourself to hear what God is saying for his church. We want God's plan. We want to, we want to what happens in this place can only be explained by the power of God. How, how we've talked about what does it mean to be highly favored? Why was she highly favored? Because she believed God without faith. It's impossible to believe God. How is this going to happen? Mary asked, how is this supernatural thing going to happen? And this is what the angel said, right? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. How many of you would like to be overshadowed by the power of God? How about, how about that? huh? How about God's power overshadowing your weakness? How about the Holy Spirit coming upon you? You see, what the angel was saying that day was, it's not about you, Mary, and it's not about Joseph. It's the Holy Spirit that will come upon you. Not Joseph will come upon you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Does that need interpretation? See Pastor Mark after class. (laughs) Right? This isn't going to be a flesh thing. This isn't going to be flesh to flesh. This is going to be spirit to flesh. This is going to be spirit to flesh. This isn't you doing the best you can. This is something supernatural. This is something supernatural. No, no, I has seen. No ear has heard 
what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. And God that day revealed to Mary by his Holy Spirit. He said, the only way that this is going to happen, Mary, is for God to come upon you in a way that he's never come upon you before. You're going to be overpowered. You're going to be over, not over, but overshadowed by the power of God. What if in our meetings here in this room, in our meetings in our living rooms, right, we're overshadowed by God's power, right? We don't need more flesh to flesh. We need spirit to flesh kind of, kind of life around here. What happens in our church that can only be explained by the power of God? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that until the day I die. You know, I could become a better teacher. I could go to a seminar and learn how to preach better. And that's probably a good idea. And you'd all thank me for it. But more than that, more than that, I want this to be a supernatural place. Why? Because that's what God wants. He's looking for a church that will say, yes, Lord, we were willing to be the womb. We want to be the womb where something supernatural can be conceived and something supernatural can give birth to. How's this going to happen? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. I believe God is saying, glad tidings, you have found favor with me because you believe in miracles. We believe in miracles. And this next year, this next year, how are these miracles going to happen? We're going to step out and we're going we're to make prayer even a greater focus. We're going to reach the nations that God has uniquely qualified us to reach. Right? We're going we're gonna to reach more people. We're going to add a third service. We're going to do something we haven't done. And we believe that as we respond and we say, yes, Lord, we're going to continue to see miracles happen. Just like we believe we're going to reach three million debt free. God's going God's gonna, to, that, that's small stuff compared to what God wants to do. That's small stuff, you know. And I know many of you made big sacrifices, and I don't mean to insult anybody here at all. But you gave something you had. God's going to do some things that we don't have. He wants to do, he wants to make a name for himself. We may not have the greatest programs. We may not have it all figured out. But one thing we do know is we're believing for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. We're believing for how many of you believe that? huh? How many of you'd like to see that personally in your own life this next year? We need more of the Holy Spirit coming upon. We need more of the power of the most high overshadowing us. You know, some of you, you're like you're looking at your biggest problem and maybe it's your marriage or maybe it's it's your kids or, or, or it's your job or something. And you're trying to sort through it and you're trying to figure it out. You need something supernatural to happen. You just need something supernatural. I want you all, if you believe with me that this next year, we're going to believe for miracles this next year. If that's in your heart, you want to believe with me. I want you to stand to your feet right where you're at. And we're going to close this meeting and we're going to say, God, we believe in miracles. (laughs) We believe in miracles. We believe it's not about a building. We believe was simply hearing from God and responding to God. 
And it did happen to involve a building. But I believe this next phase of we believe is more supernatural kinds of stuff. And we're going to be that one. Father, I thank you for your church. God, I thank you for everybody in the house this morning. And Lord, let's, let's bring it home. Let's bring it to every person. Let's make it personal. God, there's a, a lot of barren wounds here today. And, I'm, and some may be physical, but many, many people are, are feeling empty. There's something lacking. There's something that flesh to flesh can't fill. There has to be spirit to flesh. There has to be some supernatural intervention from heaven. God, we need you to come upon us this morning. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Power the Most High overshadow us. If you need that this morning for your life in some way, I want you to join me up front. Because we're going to pray for you and we're going we're gonna to pray also for the church that, that the womb of the church would be a womb that can conceive and give birth. And we want to pray your life. I'm talking men and women. You feel empty. You feel you flesh to flesh isn't going to make it happen. The Bible says flesh gives birth to flesh. The spirit gives birth to the spirit. You need something spirit, spirit led. You need some spirit work in your life. You need God to do for you what you can't do for yourself. You're not at peace with God today. You're not right with God today. (laughs) You're in the right place. You need a supernatural rebirth. It's called being born again. You need to be born again today. The Bible says flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Your flesh as it is, you can't inherit heaven today until until God makes you a new creation and puts a new spirit within you. Please come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, thank you that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you. God, we invite you today, right here, right now. We invite you. Come on, church, pray with me. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come and work in those that are up front here this morning. Pray as if it was your very own life that was in danger. God, we pray for those who've come forward this morning. God, and we say, as Mary said, may it be to us. May it be to me. May it be to me as you have said. God, do a supernatural work. God, do something that's so powerful, God, that only you can get credit, only you can get glory for. God, we pray that this place would be not just a visitation, but a habitation of your spirit's power. God, we believe this next year you want to do more miracles. We believe you want to do greater things, God. God, we believe that more kingdom is coming to this earth, God, as a result of your church. And Lord, once again, we say, yes, Lord, we believe. We believe. We believe. God, we thank you for the miracles of past. 
we thank you for what you've done yesterday and yesteryear. But God, we're looking forward to all that you're going to do next year, God. We have full hearts. We have great anticipation. We have great expectation, God, that you're going to do things that are greater than us, God, bigger than us, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, we don't need more natural. We need more supernatural, God. God, we need more hearts that are stone changed into hearts that are flesh, God. God, we need more people, God, who get the revelation that Jesus is the answer. Lord, we pray for those 900,000 people that live in this five-county area. And we say, kingdom of heaven, come to them. Kingdom of heaven, come on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, God, we invite your Holy Spirit. We invite your Holy Spirit to move. God, we believe, according to your word, that your spirit makes all the difference in the world. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, I thank you that it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we bless you. We bless you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe God is saying to us this morning, make room. Make room for God. Make room for God. Make room for God. Make room for God. The inn was full, but the stable was empty. And they laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There's plenty of inns and they're full. And God is saying, will you be the stable? (laughs) Will you make room for God? God, we make room for you, Lord. God, we want to make room in our schedule, room in our hearts. God, we want to make room in this building, in this in this city, God. We want to make room for you, God, a place, God, for your presence to dwell. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I feel like the Lord is saying, expect morning sickness. revelation, then there's the interpretation, and then the application. The revelation is expect morning sickness. In other words, when the Holy Spirit is conceived, or when the Holy Spirit conceives something in you, there's a change in you, right? And when you're morning sickness, you feel different, and you don't necessarily feel better. Come on, ladies. I'm just telling you what I read in books. I've never had any personal experience with this, but many in this room have, and there's a change, there's a change, there's a change that happened. And when Mary said, may it be to you, may it be to me as you have said, right? God conceived something in her, supernatural, the Son of God. And she went through the pain of, 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 of that and the, the, and the shame of, 
um, of being a teenager, being pregnant, not being married, all of that, right? What God is saying is you will experience some changes, but not all those changes are going to be comfortable. But right, if that's what it takes to give birth to the supernatural, so be it, Lord. May it be to me as you have said. Amen. I'm going to start expecting some things to be different, expecting things to be different. I think Pastor Chris has something, and if we can grab the microphone, that would be helpful. I believe this goes right along with what Pastor Walt's saying. It's a, it's a vision I've had a number of times praying for people, but I see their bellies begin to distend. And it's getting bigger and bigger. And I see that in the church this morning. It's, it's almost like being pregnant, but God is stretching your inmost being to carry more of him. And it, it's, it's, he, he wants to stretch that. And as the Holy Spirit comes in and he begins to grow, you begin to carry, have that more capacity to carry more of him. And that's what he wants to do today in that, in your belly, in your belly. He wants to, he wants to bring increase to that place this morning. He wants to grow his spirit. Wants to, he wants you to make more room for him in inside just as pastor Walt was talking about that morning sickness and it it may not feel comfortable and but this is going to stretch you but i sense the lord wants to expand you and expand you so you can carry more and more of him more of the miraculous more of his presence more of his glory just to be released wherever you go thank you lord thank you can we say yes lord Yes, Lord, we're willing to be uncomfortable. That was a word that was given a couple years ago. Be willing to be uncomfortable. God, for your glory's sake, we're willing to be uncomfortable. We're willing to be stretched. We're willing to go places we've never gone before. We say, yes, Lord, we believe. Thank you. Thank you, God. Praise you, God. sing that again. Let's sing that again and we're going to close our service here in a few moments. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you're with us this morning. Thank you that you go where we go and we go where you go and we are one, God. We bless you, Lord. Amen. Can we put our hands together for the Lord this morning? I'm glad I came to be with you this morning and be with God. We're going to have our prayer workers available. If you if you need a miracle in your life, you need somebody to pray with you, you need healing or whatever it might be, we're here to pray. If you need to be born again and you haven't been this morning yet, it's not too late. Please come and allow our teams to pray with you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you Wednesday night.